This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello, my name is Paul Wheelock and welcome to the post-game podcast. Liverpool drew 1-1 at Arsenal tonight to move back to the top of the Premier League and extend their unbeaten start to 11 matches. But was it two points dropped, seeing as the Reds led until eight minutes from the end of normal time? That is one of the questions asked and answered on this show, which as always starts with the expert opinion of our Liverpool FC correspondent James Pearce. You will then hear from five Reds fans, Simon Donnelly, Matt Whitty, Nathan Davidson, Peter Lally and Mark Baker, who is a coach at a championship club and as ever takes a tactical look at what happened at the Emirates this evening. And the podcast rounds off with audio from Jurgen Klopp's press conference. Thanks for joining me, and the post-game podcast will be back after the Red Star match on Tuesday. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Well, Liverpool left the Emirates tonight frustrated after Lacazette's late equaliser, cancelling out that James Milner opener. Only a share of the spoils for Jurgen Klopp's side, but still enough for them to go top of the Premier League table with uh, Manchester City and Chelsea not in action until Sunday. I think probably mixed emotions for those uh, players and, and Klopp and his staff as they boarded the bus tonight because uh, it could have been a lot better. Um, you know, A few regrets, I think, of course, a lot of talk about the goal Liverpool had disallowed in the first half. It was a, a really poor decision. You know, replays showing that Sadio Mane was clearly onside, uh, tucking home the rebound after Firmino had hit the woodwork. Um, and Liverpool had some, some some really good chances that went begging. You know, Klopp said himself in his press conference here a few minutes ago that uh, Virgil Van Dijk had said to him, you know, he probably should have had a hat trick. Yet, you know, bizarrely, Van Dijk's still waiting for his first Premier League goal for the club. Um, you know, there was the one in the first half where he took the ball down on his chest brilliantly. Um, just couldn't provide the uh, the finish either side of the of the keeper, and he would have scored. Again, he was thwarted with a bullet header in the second half that um, pulled off a brilliant save from the keeper. And, and, and the other one that where the keeper was floundering and, and Van Dijk has nodded against the post. So, you know, one, one goal wrongly ruled out. Two, two, on two occasions, Liverpool hitting the woodwork and, and other chances going. But you've, you've got to say Arsenal played you know, their, their part as well in, in what was a, you know, an, an enthralling end-to-end contest. I mean, there was so much... Uh, attacking firepower out there, you know. Uh, I think you've got to give Unai Emery a lot of a lot of credit because he's absolutely transformed this Arsenal team. Um, I think Manchester City can count themselves very fortunate they they came here so early on in the season in August because uh, they're a different beast now. He's uh, he's really got them playing and he's he's changed the mood around the place as well because when Liverpool have come here in recent years. Um, you could you could sense that the fans were getting on their backs, and and you could use that to your advantage. But um, really good atmosphere here tonight. You know the Arsenal have got a team that they can believe in again. Um, but you know I, I think that's why in the cold light of day, despite the frustration, I think Liverpool will reflect and and, and think. Do you know what? We've come up against a, a resurgent and revitalised Arsenal. Um, we weren't at our best, but we've still taken a point. And it was enough, obviously, for Liverpool to go top. They're still unbeaten. Um, 27 points out of 33 equals their best ever start to a Premier League season. That was uh, that was under Hulier in 2002-2003. Um, and let's not forget as well, Liverpool have already gone away to, to Tottenham. They've gone away to Chelsea and now Arsenal as well. You know, so to, to emerge still unbeaten after that run of games and to have a win in true, two draws... Is uh, is highly creditable. Um, you know, Liverpool didn't play particularly well first half. I think Klopp 
said himself that he uh, he felt they weren't good enough um, when they didn't have the ball. He that they didn't didn't press well enough as a unit. You know, it was too easy for Arsenal to play through them. Um, but you know, he addressed that at half time, and Liverpool were much better in the, in the second half. But um, yeah, just I think a difficult one to make sense of just because there were just so many chances at either end. I think Liverpool had 17 um, attempts on goal. Arsenal had 16. Um, Arsenal boss possession. Um, but that, it all, that was down to Liverpool playing on the counter and um, you know, so many moments in the game where you could you could examine and, and both teams will, uh, will certainly think that they should have, should have scored more. I mean, how it only ended one apiece will remain a mystery. But um, for Liverpool, I think you know, there's no question this maintains momentum. Um, of course, you know, you'd imagine their stay at the top will be short-lived with, with City hosting Southampton on, uh, on Sunday. But Liverpool can't concern themselves with Manchester City. They've just got to focus on, them, on themselves. And uh, you know, they did their job here today. Um, you know, really uh, creditable performance. And also defensively, I think that was the, the big thing tonight. You know, it, was, it showed that this title challenge is built on solid foundations. Virgil van Dijk was an absolute colossus. I thought Joe Gomez did very well alongside him. Um, and you know that's that's the, been another you know that's been the real big plus of this season so far. Just how well Liverpool have done at um, you know at, at snuffing out the threat of opponents, and certainly this Arsenal team, uh, you know, are, are full of are full of uh, attacking firepower. So Liverpool can hold their heads high. I think you know if you were being ultra critical, of course the midfield was a concern tonight. I think for Fabino, um, you know, this was a step up in class, having done very well in the games against Red Star and Cardiff. But the pace of this game and the intensity was so different, and um, you know he, he's got to be cut some slack because he's new to the Premier League. He's still um, coming to terms with it and adjusting. Um, but yeah, it was a difficult night for him. Of course, Klopp's midfield options are about to improve with Henderson and Naby Keita both returning to fitness, so uh, that'll give him more options going forward. Um, but yeah, I think I think you've just got to say tonight was a, a fantastic Premier League game between two supremely gifted sides and you know make no mistake Arsenal uh, are going to be capable of taking points off anyone in this league if they continue to play like that between now and the end of the season so um, yeah for Liverpool top of the table for now we'll have to wait and see how long that lasts but um, it keeps momentum going and now for Klopp's side it's all about that trip to Belgrade on uh, on Monday night I'll be there and uh, over there for uh, Klopp's press conference Monday night and then of course Champions League action on Tuesday um, on what promises to be a, a really hostile and intimidating environment in the, in the Serbian capital. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. This is Simon Donnelly, LFC jury member for the Liverpool Echo. I've just stepped out of the pub. Uh, I've been watching Liverpool, sorry, Arsenal v Liverpool in a pub tonight, not at the game and... I had a conversation earlier on today with a neighbour of mine who's a Red and I said I would take the draw. He disagreed. He wanted the win. I changed my mind at about uh, 75 minutes when we were 1-0 up and all of a sudden I wanted the win. But unfortunately, um, one point away at Arsenal, it's not a bad result. It's it's decent in the grand scheme of things. I Looking at the fixtures for tomorrow, I unfortunately think we're going to be third by the end of tomorrow, uh, which is not where I want to be, not what I'm used to these days. 
But it's a it's a it's a marathon, not a sprint. Uh, I think tonight's game was very open, very very open game as I thought it would be. I think Unai Emery is a very 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 good manager who's got Arsenal, who's got Arsenal up there working well uh, and a real threat. They haven't had many defeats this season, and I don't think they will. I think they'll be top four by the end of uh, the season. And on the grand scheme of things, a point away at the Emirates is is not a bad result. We're still up there. We're still fighting. We're still within. Well, actually, we're top of the league. It's cut a long story short. But obviously, two games tomorrow will probably, I assume, not leave us top of the league. Roll on next weekend. Let's uh, let's move on from this. And it says a lot that I am very disappointed with a draw away at Arsenal. Hi, it's Matt Whitty, COP season ticket holder. Uh, yeah, just reflecting on the one-all draw away to Arsenal at the Emirates this evening. Uh, so it was back to 4-3-3 for us after a couple of matches at uh, playing 4-2-3-1. Uh, to be honest, when the teams came out, I was a bit disappointed that Shakiri didn't get a start. I thought, uh, firstly, Arsenal had looked quite open in a lot of their fixtures this season. And uh, secondly, I thought Shakiri's performances um, had deserved to start uh, in a big match, really. Um, I know it was risky, uh, given Arsenal's attacking options, and uh, I, do, I do understand that. But I think we missed a chance to put a bit more pressure on Arsenal. And um, I think we saw at times during the game when, when they were under pressure, they, you know, they, they can make mistakes. Uh, overall, it was a tense game to watch, really. Um, there, were, there were periods of uh, Arsenal putting us under real pressure, especially in the first half, really, and targeting our right-hand side and giving Trent uh, a difficult evening. I think that's only to be expected, really, uh, that he has these difficult evenings, um, given his age. Um, I'm trying to think of sort of other other right backs uh, anywhere near his quality, and uh, the only the only sort of young right back I can think of really is sort of uh, Wan Bissaka, who plays for Palace, who's had a promising start, but he hasn't played anywhere near the number of games, nor against the quality of opposition, and nor has he produced anywhere like anything like the. The, the standard of uh, you know the the consistent standard of displays like like we're expecting to, you know that we expect from uh, from Trent really, and it's also worth bearing in mind that uh, Wan Bissaka is a, a year older. Uh, I thought it was a mixed night for for Allison. Um, you know it was sort of a mix of calm distribution and a couple of smart saves, particularly at his near post. Um, followed by being caught in no man's land, uh, firstly for a header that sailed wide, but then also for their for their equaliser. Um, obviously, that was mirrored by by Leno for for Arsenal at the at the other end, but uh, mixed mixed, I'd say really. I thought Fabinho was poor. Yeah, I thought he had a poor night. Uh, he broke up play a few times, but more often than not, he was he was wasteful in possession. You know, as as often as he sort of quickly recycled it to one of our more creative players, he gave it away. And and a couple of times in the first half, he he really squandered possession when he was in a good good position to sort of either chip a ball in or or play it in when we had men forward and that was exactly uh you know the reasons that so many people were excited to to see him play really uh Virgil van Dijk and Gomez were excellent uh, again as they seem to be every week really and they were exactly the right pairing tonight against the pace of Arsenal's attack and uh van Dijk was uh, unlucky a couple of times uh 
uh, not to score actually as well. You know, he was he was he was equally good in in either box, but you know, uh, you know especially defensively, he really uh, he really uh, he really was a, a class act today, and you can see why we uh, why why we uh, why we spent the money that we did. Um, I don't, I don't don't like to moan about referees generally, but I thought Andre Mariner gave us nothing at all tonight, uh, particularly at quite important moments when it you know when it's a tight game like you know the. The offside goal against Mane. Uh, I know that was the the Lino's decision, but uh, you know there was also you know a, a clear foul on Andy Robbo when he was breaking that that wasn't given that then put us in real trouble from an Arsenal counter, and uh, as well as that, Salah having to provide his his usual piggyback to defenders without being penalised, and uh, I was a bit surprised that Arsenal didn't didn't get to kick off both halves to be honest the way that uh, the way that Mariner uh, refereed the game. Overall, it's a it's a good point. We're top of the league, you know. We're unbeaten, and uh, we've pr- played the rest of the top five when they've all been in good form. And uh, yeah, can't uh, can't wait for the next match. Mark Baker commenting on Arsenal versus Liverpool from the Emirates. So I felt it was a difficult game for Liverpool, and one that although Liverpool created chances, particularly from set plays, I felt there was large periods of the game where Liverpool suffocated in their own half and second best in terms of territorial advantage and and being able to play with the football I thought Liverpool could not get a grip of the fixture and I feel that Liverpool's ability in defensive areas so the goalkeeper the two centre-halves and the left-back Andy Robertson give them a platform in which that even though four long spells that are a possession and territorially dominated, they're able to stay in the game and not concede what you call massive chances in terms of clear-cut opportunities. So you could argue that they were comfortable, but you could also see a similar pattern emerging to what happens at Leicester, for example, which I thought was a very, very poor performance from Liverpool at spells. And in other games that Liverpool have had in the Premier League, especially away from home, in terms of not being able to play out from the back, play through the fades, or territorially dominate the game. And I said in the uh, podcast this week, I did for the paper, I always felt Liverpool would go with a 4 3 3 system back to the tried and trusted. And it was more to do with the success that they'd had against Arsenal in previous seasons, in the fact that space in between centre-half and full-back has been an area Liverpool have exploited against the same opposition. And obviously with the the 4-3-3 system, that allows Salah and Marnie to stay higher up the field and make them penetrate and runs and behind. Even going back to Brendan Rodgers' time at Liverpool, he on occasions played Luis Suarez and Daniel Sturridge in cheap positions on the flanks to exploit the space in behind when Arsenal's full-backs advance. And I always felt that would be the, the option uh, in this particular fixture. And so, so it shows, I mean, that's, the, that's how we went with it. Just to explain a bit more about why I believe that, obviously, you can position your players higher than wise forwards in a 4-3-3. The channels, so the, the, the channels that need defending by Liverpool, so the, the right and the left sides of the pitch, they're covered by the two number eights in the 4-3-3 system. So Wijnaldum and Milner, they'll make them runs from in to out and deal with that section of the pitch. And what that does is, 
it allows the rest of the midfield to shuffle over. So say, for example, the ball was switched to Liverpool's left-hand side. Arsenal's right with Arsenal on the attack. Wijnandum or Milner, whoever was occupying that space, shifts across. The number six shifts across. Over number eight. And then what you do is you've got a situation where you're not overloaded in the middle of the park. And Liverpool then leave the longest pass for the opposition and trust the players to be able to stop the passing lanes and suffocate the opposition in a condensed period of the pitch, a small part of the pitch. Now, when you shift to the 4-2-3-1 system that Liverpool have been using as an alternative, you only have two central players in that middle of the field, two number sixes, if you like, and their responsibility is more for that central area. They can't cover the pitch as much as three players will be able to, and therefore they need to be much more stricter and disciplined in how they cover them central channels. And what that means is it means that your wide forwards then have to drop back a lot more and cover that space down the sides of the pitch with the advancing, that the advancing Arsenal full-backs would arrive in. And what that does, it leaves you less counter-attacking options and, and doesn't allow Liverpool to play them wide forwards in them cheap positions where they can play half and half. Half look like they're getting back, but then half be ready to spring for a counter-attack. When you've got the 4 2 three, one because you've got an extra number 10 in your side who's occupying the central area in a higher position it means then wire forwards have to drop back because you haven't got that solidity of the two number eights to shuffle across the pitch and funnel back if you like and cover them them wide sides of the pitch so that that or i always believe was the thinking behind it to enable liverpool to get them wire forwards in advancing areas and threatening positions now liverpool adopted that system in the first half and I thought there was a spell for maybe 15 minutes in the middle of the second half where I thought the game was there for the taking for Liverpool I thought they were they were making good runs straight balls were putting them in behind for them wide forwards and I felt they snatched us some chances and weren't able to finish them but the game was there for them I felt it was it, it, it was there to be won at that stage now at the start of the half and the latter stages of the half I felt Arsenal really got on top and then the second half I felt Arsenal territorially dominated Liverpool. And I think it has to be a concern for Liverpool. I've seen a lot of games that Liverpool have played this season away from home in the Premier League. And I think one of the massive things that Klopp emphasised when he came to Liverpool, and it was a showcase to how Liverpool played, was Liverpool had large spells of possession and, and bossed it really in terms of the percentage numbers of having the ball. And I feel that's gone by the wayside a bit this season. Now, Although Klopp has never had the, the kind of players, who, I don't know what you'd call like quarterback players, players who dictate the tempo of the game, i.e. a Jorginho or a Busquets or, or a player like that, maybe Xavi Alonso back in, back in, the, in the, the late 2000s. He's never had a player like that. But what he did and how he got Liverpool a greater majority of possession was, it was the positioning of his players to be able to win the ball back high in the opposition's half. And what he did was he suffocated the opposition. Every time they'd look up, there'd be one player pressing the ball, one player offering cover and one player offering support. And they made it very difficult for the opposition to play through. I think a great example of that was Liverpool at Chelsea in the first half this season, which I believe was Liverpool's best performance of the season. And that was was highlighted in the way that they cut off them passing lanes and were able to get such territorial advantage because of the positioning of the players. Now, I think there's been a massive problem in some games that Liverpool have played in terms of that, the, what was once such a strength, I feel, has been a hindrance at times. And it's really been come to the fore in that Liverpool have, have almost almost have to settle for percentage football at times in some of the away fixtures. And 
I just don't think it's long-term sustainable. Liverpool have to get back to positioning their players with the angles and distances between the units and between the, the players attempting to press the ball has to be a lot better and allow Liverpool a platform to be able to win the ball higher and encroach in the opposition's area and territory rather than be pushed back and dictated to by the opposition. And I think Klopp's got to find a way of implementing what was once such a positive for the side. Now, in the second half, Liverpool went to 4-2-3-1, the system that they've been using for the past couple of weeks, really. But it had little effect in terms of... In fact, I'd say in the second half, I felt Arsenal were even more dominant. And although they weren't creating massive chances... I felt that they were maintaining attacks enough to leave a level of anxiety about how or what the outcome might be. And I think it's it's not the first time I've seen it this season. As I say, a massive one for me would be the Napoli fixture in the Champions League, the Leicester fixture in the, in the Premier League, and even some other games in which Liverpool have won. I've never been convinced by the performance. I think when you're the top team going for a league title or looking to win things... I think you always have the majority, or for the most part, have the majority of the possession. It looks to be on the front foot. And I just haven't seen that from Liverpool. I think I've said before, I don't believe Liverpool have challenged Manchester City. I don't think they've got enough quality in that midfield section of the pitch. But I think positionally, in the spaces that the team occupy when the opposition have the ball, I think has to be better because I think that that is an area in which Liverpool get a lot of joy and a lot of success and have done in the past. And at the moment, it's faltering. And as a result, Liverpool's performances are faltering. Um, So that's my big take out of the game, in which how can Klopp get his players into a system without the ball in which they can dictate to the opposition and find more inroads into their, their territory, especially away from home. I think a massive part for... Liverpool in, in some of the games is when they do win the ball back there's no option for the man on the ball so what's happened is Liverpool have have dropped so deep into their into their side of the pitch their defensive third that they haven't got players with enough good positioning or angles or offering enough support to be able to play out and then what happens is because they've sunk into this pattern of play in which the opposition are building the game and Liverpool are sitting back and soaking up pressure, they then can't counter-attack to the best of their ability. So that's it from me uh, on this one. I think it's a big thing to come out, but they have managed to come away with a point at the end of the game, which keeps the unbeaten record going. But let's not kid ourselves, they're not showing anywhere near the quality to be potential champions at the moment. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Hello, Nathan Davidson here talking about Arsenal 1 and Liverpool 1. So, as we most probably expected, there was a very, very high tempo of the game right from the outset. Both teams showing more of their attacking fluidity rather than the defensive, but I think that was because both teams made it so for each other. I was really... I thought Arsenal were set up really, really well the way they went about it with the front four were just so fluid and could move anywhere around 
the attacking end of the pitch. As for us, it was um, something that I've seen us do on a few occasions now, especially uh, away from home against the bigger teams, where we just look to hit on the counter and we look to soak up the pressure and then and then hit them on the counter when the opportunity arises. I I did worry as the as the first half progressed that it just seemed to get more and more in Arsenal's favour. The amount of possession they were having. They seem to be the more dominant side in the match. Although we did have, we did always look like we could just hit them on the counter or just offer a threat. Once again, though, I thought, especially in the first half, for me, Gomez stood out. He was so he was so um, collected, so calm, so reassuring. You never thought he was going to put a step wrong because I did worry that. Today might be out on the right-hand side and Lovren would come in, but I think Lovren would have really, really struggled with the pace of Arsenal today. Then, obviously, the last bit of the first half, Van Dijk's header went so close in the post. I think Leno, um, Bernd Leno, the Arsenal keeper, was really lucky there because if you, if you watch the follow-through, he did actually catch Van Dijk in the face. I don't know if the referee saw that, but that could have um, very easily been given as a penalty. But I think the fact that the ball was headed towards the goal at that point, everyone's attention was focused on that. Then on to the second half, started very much the way it, the first half was. It was still end-to-end. Arsenal probably looked a slightly better team. But Van Dijk was there. I think just a point on Van Dijk today, he was of real quality. He just... He he never looks phased by absolutely anything, but when does he? He was just there in the right place. If he made a mistake, he just tried his best to rectify it and did so to good effect. Then obviously we have the Milner goal, and that was just experience. That's just playing for all those seasons and knowing what to do in that moment. He just struck it, made sure it stayed low and it went on target, didn't try to put it in a top corner away from anyone, just make sure he hits the target and knows if he gets enough power on the shot, it's going to go in. I suppose you'd have to question the Arsenal keeper, though, on what he was doing there. If he's coming to grab that cross, he's either got to take take the ball and keep hold of it, or he's got to knock it right out of play where it's not a danger, immediate danger to his defence, and he didn't manage to do that but we'll take the goal anyway. And obviously from there, I thought we were set up perfectly to just play on the counter and just soak, the, soak up the pressure like we had been. We did change system. We went from, in the second half, we obviously went from the 4-3-3 in the first half to more of a 4-4-1-1 with Firmino just behind Salah, uh, Milner out on the right, Mane on the left and Fabinho and, and Wijnaldum. Um, that I thought would set us up well to just try and see out the game but unfortunately it wasn't so Arsenal got the goal from my point of view on the goal if Alisson comes out to take the ball he's got to take it not taking anything away from Alexandre Lacazette absolutely brilliant control and composure to put that away brilliant goal for himself individually but I just think as from a Liverpool point of view, Alisson's got to take that ball if he comes out to get that. You can't come out and not get it or you end up in trouble, which is exactly what happened. So as the match progressed, it got really end-to-end again. Was there going to be a breakthrough? I think we're really unlucky later on when Salah tried to play Manu, was clean through if he could find it and 
rub holding stood his ground um, as Ma- as Salah tried to put it through his legs. So all in all, it's a 1-1 draw where Arsenal, which you would say is a good result um, going on, but it's just a worry that if we'd have won this game, it's a much more sign of a champion or a genuine title challenge. We can't have too many draws, which I feel was our problem last season. But that's now... That's now draws against Chelsea, Arsenal and Manchester City. We're really going to have to start, I feel, taking three points from some of these games or it's going to be another season in the top four, slightly off the pace of the title challenge. This was a good match and I think Arsenal are the best team that we've played this year in the league. They played a high press against us, very quick and powerful about it, and they had the better of our midfield, and they managed to stifle a lot of what we were doing in the attack. There was a stat at the end saying something like, Arsenal had two-thirds of the possession in the match. However, that didn't tell the whole story, because this new Liverpool team know how to defend really well, and they can absorb pressure. So we defended very good against them, and when we did have chances, we had the better chances. I think it's simply that though Emery has done a very good job at the Arsenal and they've had this great run of results, Liverpool have been developing for three years and they have better players. Just overall, they're a classier team. There's more class in their team than Arsenal, despite Arsenal's good efforts. So 1-1. For our players, the things I noticed, other than the very good defence, was that Fabinho is off the pace in the midfield. He's still not ready for it. And I reckon he probably played because Liverpool's injuries in midfield. Expect him to come good, but at the moment he's a bit of a liability in a top match. Also a bit of a liability against skillful, pacey attackers, I think, is Trent Alexander-Arnold. I know he's a Liverpool boy and he gets extra praise for that, and he has played well. But against some of these top guys with pace and skill, he struggles. Anyway, I think that if it wasn't for the fact that Manchester City wins so many matches, you'd come away from this match feeling that was a good result. And, and it is only feels a bit disappointing in the light of Manchester City's wins. But I think as a Liverpool fan, you can say, this was a good result, we did well, and on to the next match. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Do you feel it's agreed that the uh, Stadion Mane goal was disallowed? Uh, I think it was a goal. So, do I feel aggrieved? I'm not sure. No. I only think it should have been a goal. That's how it is. That's a football situation. Um, I said it already 20 times, so sorry. That I'm a bit, um, that's. It's it's football. The, the, when I was a player, the offside rule was different. So somebody was in a in the area where the ball went down and was immediately the, the ref whistled. And now it's the situation we all know that when we watch a game and the ball is going and the one player is offside and nobody whistles and then he's going to the ball because the thing is not offside and then the ref whistles. So this was different. So um, that's actually it was a brilliant attack. That's what you do in, on the training ground, that you bring one player, you keep one player in between the centre-halves, slightly offside, but the other player takes the ball. And so that's a, a pity that it didn't count, but uh, we made a few more mistakes tonight than the ref, but in this moment I would have um, would have been nice if um, this goal would have counted. Jürgen, how good a match was that? 
intense, eh? very intense. Um, it was clear Arsenal is in a very good moment, so I thought and out the problem of, of we made life a bit too easy first half for them. We were formation-wise was not happy how we were, how compact we were, stuff like that. When we had the ball, it was really, it was good. We were, we were a threat. We were behind. The, the, the start was like, wow, Arsenal is there. But with the first attack we had, everybody knew, okay, um, they are not too bad as well. So it was then a quite uh, a pretty open game. That's okay, absolutely. I think our set pieces were outstanding. We, we, we should have scored from them. Virtual said immediately after the game to me, I should have a hat trick, and but he has not even won. Um, that's the the, the shame and. Um, so, second half, we changed formation a bit, uh, and then it was helped us today. Um, scored a really nice goal, um, had super counter-attacks, and still, again, played good football in a lot of moments. But, of course, and Arsenal did it already a few times this year, when they brought them pretty much all their strikers. I was actually waiting for Van Persie and Bergkamp. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they come as well. So, um, um, and that... And because we were, because first half we were um, not comeback enough, the three in the midfield had to do too much. And then one time you don't close the, the half space, and they play the ball through, and um, then they, are, they can score the goal. So that's it. Not nice, but of course, uh, a point at Arsenal will always be an uh, absolutely good result. So we take that, and now let's carry on. Yeah, I'm not surprised about that. To be honest, um, it was always difficult against Arsenal. We had last year much more. Maybe I'm not sure if the game last year was better. It was we only scored all more. So that's it. We, we used our chances better. Um, that's it. And the end it was a, a three-three. I think the last one. Um, very spectacular today. It was not uh, for me. It was not less spectacular, but only with less goals, and that's it. That's it. So I'm, I'm, I, I knew before that it would be difficult. But we, if we do a bit better in the first half, it would have, it would have been more difficult for Arsenal, even more difficult. And um, so, but how like I said, we scored, we created chances, we had the biggest chances in the game. We had, we had empty goals <laughs> and didn't use it. That's um, not too cool. And I think if you will want to win at Arsenal, you should use these kind of chances. I know. But they had chances as well, of course. But I think we had the bigger ones. That's it. You've been listening to the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo.